Pittsburgh Steelers have completely rebuilt their cornerback room. What does it tell us about the Pittsburgh Steelers 2023 defense? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. The Pittsburgh Steelers secondary used to be populated by some, you know, slightly under six foot tall, very versatile cornerbacks. Guys who could fill any role. They could play man, they could play deep, they could... They wanted guys who could do everything. Because the entire team was built around the front seven, and the secondary kind of, you know, was was asked to just basically fill in, you know, and cover behind them, right? You, you designed the blitzes first, especially when Keith Butler was in charge. The blitzes, the pass rush, the front seven came first. And the secondary was, you know, whatever we need it to do. You guys are going to have to, you guys are going to have to cover whatever is left over. Uh, a very aggressive attacking front seven and a secondary that was just supposed to keep things together until that second, until those front seven got home and made plays. That's how the Spitzberg Steelers were built under Keith Butler. This year, the first offseason... Uh, where really there was room for a lot of change, and we saw a lot of change. For example, the Steelers currently have seven cornerbacks that are 6'1 or taller, just cornerbacks on their roster. And that includes players who are most likely going to play some significant snaps. Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter Jr., Corey Trice, James Pierre, those are four of your top five corners, most likely, going into the next season, and they're all over six foot one. If you go back a few seasons, if you go back to 2020, you know, uh, Terrell Austin's here, but we're still Keith Butler's defense. The, the guys who were six one or taller, James Pierre and Justin Lane, both backups. And at that point, they were way down on the depth chart. All of the Steelers' main cornerbacks were not only not six foot one; they were under six foot. These cornerbacks also have clear strengths now, and they all line up together. It's not a versatile group of guys who can play whatever. And the best example of this, in my opinion, starts with Joey Porter Jr., who is a press man corner. He is good in cover three. He can do cover three cloud corner responsibilities and cover two. Let me talk about what that means. Obviously, press man, you're up tight on the receiver. You get your hands on them. You try and control their route. Uh, not just let them run free. And you're going to be man on. Cover three is a design where you know you have the front seven up. And then you have, you have the, the four guys rushing. If, if you think of very basic basic layout of cover three would be four guys rushing the quarterback then in shallow zone four guys across the field and then three guys deep that's cover three how cover three does that is normally in a very basic simplified cover three which no one runs very basic simple cover three or any basic simple cover whatever defense you, you get destroyed in the modern nfl in cover three, the traditional basic one is this free safety is deep 
and then the two cornerbacks on the outside also go deep. Okay, so a cover three cornerback means you have to be able to play up on the line of scrimmage like you're going to play this wide receiver. And if you can fake like you're going to play them in man, that's great. If you can act like, you know, if you can put press on them and then get back, that's great. Uh, there's a lot of cover three variables where if your guy doesn't go deep, you don't even go deep. You just, you know, if you're on the, the side of the field that has only one cornerback, sometimes you're in man over there. There's a lot of variations there, but Joey Porter Jr. is good in that, where he can drop deep, play a deep zone. He can play press man. He can also do what's called a cloud corner. Uh, some cover three variations have both safeties stay deep, but they still do three deep. And the cloud corner is a guy who kind of fakes like he's going to do one thing, and then he drops. He engages the cornerback, like the wide receiver, like he's in press man, and then drops into that shallow zone. Uh, so routes where there's a lot of common routes in the NFL where you will have the outside receiver go to the inside and then an inside guy go to the outside and little rub routes and things like that where it's hard for the inside guy to cover. Well, a cloud corner destroys that by you know physically engaging the guy going to the inside but then dropping right to where the guy swapping with him would end up. You know, and he's right in the path of the ball. Cloud corners are, are pretty rough to deal with. In those routes, you have to you have to pick them up. That's a variation of cover three. Joey Porter Jr. has done that. He's very good at it. And cloud corner and cover two corner are very similar roles. They're not exactly similar. There's there's nuance to it. But a cover two corner uh, plays tight to the line of scrimmage. They normally bump or press the receiver off the start. Not always. Uh, and then they're responsible for the flat. They have a big time responsibility in the run game. They have to be physical, they have to take on blockers, you know, they're blowing up screens. That kind of cornerback, that kind of Mike Tomlin physicality that he loves, that's a cover two guy. That's Joey Porter Jr. He is not a mirror corner. He is not a cornerback that you ask, you put him in front of a, a wide receiver and you say, wherever that wide receiver goes, you stay with him. That's not Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr. has a very clear skill set. Now, when we start looking at the other players on this team, Corey Trice, very similar skill set. Not as strong in press man, but he is a tight man cover guy. He's good in cover three. He's good in cover two. Patrick Peterson started his career as a tight man coverage corner, doing a lot of press with his length and his arms. Length, very long arms. He was great keeping hands on a receiver and controlling their route. And then he's coming from Minnesota where he played in a very, very cover three and cover two heavy defense. You take Levi Wallace, who with the Bills played heavy cover three and quarters, which is four deep, three up in Buffalo. Buffalo is a very conservative defense. And he also ran some cover one. He is a good man cornerback in trailing technique when he has defense when he has help over the top which works for like something like cover five, man. Uh, he, cover five is just too deep, but then in front of that, you're in man, uh, man coverage. Th this is what he runs. They all fit the same kind of defense. There's going to be some man defense. It's going to be press. It's going to be tight man coverage. I don't want off man coverage because they don't have guys who really are good at that. Patrick Peterson can do it. Levi Wallace can do it decently. But they're better in tighter coverage. And then they all have guys that are cover two, cover three corners. These are zone corners. 
We heard a lot heading into this offseason that the Steelers wanted to go to more zone. Or, I'm sorry, that the Steelers wanted to go to more man. The Steelers wanted to run man. They were going to go get man coverage corners. Instead, they've gotten cover three corners. That's really where the strength of this team is going to be, is in cover three. And they're going to run a lot of it. Now, there's a couple of different approaches to cover three. For example, there's like more of a Dick LeBeau cover three. Dick LeBeau's cover three compared with like Seattle's Legion of Boom cover three. Very similar. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of nuance of differences between them, right? Dick LeBeau always wanted big, tall cornerbacks, but they had to be fast. He wanted fast, tall cornerbacks. They had to be able to get back. He played off. Right, His cover three was an off cover three. The cornerback started well off the line of scrimmage, had to read, react, come forward and attack, could see the play coming, Was were good at sniffing out screens and things like that, and they kept you from beating them deep. That was the goal. The Steelers are not built for Dick LeBeau's cover three. We're not going back to Dick LeBeau's cover three. This is more of a Pete Carroll cover three. With Richard Sherman out there, you know, engaging, being tight on the line of scrimmage and disrupting them from the start. That's the kind of cover three we're looking at here. It's going to be an interesting shift. And one of the reasons I think we, we could be in for not just, you know, the Steelers mimicking the Seattle Seahawks 2013 Legion of Boom kind of stuff. I think we could see the Steelers add something to it. Because Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin, since they have been together, have been doing very, very creative things in the secondary. If we go back to 2019-2020, one of the most popular plays the Steelers ran out of their dime formation was a cover three where they started two in a two-high safety look, right? Both Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick would start off roughly on like if it's if it's third and twelve, or you know, they're on the line to gain. They're on that twelve yard line. And they're too deep. They're they're both back there looking like they're going to be running a cover too. Then right before the snap, Cameron Sutton from a slot cornerback position would just start running backwards. And he would head back in between Edmonds and Fitzpatrick and be the deep middle. And the two outside cornerbacks would drop back and be the deep outside thirds. And all of a sudden they're cover three. Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds would just stay put. And they became the underneath coverage. They became the two middle guys. If you think three deep, four up, you have the two outside guys, and then you have the two inside guys. They would be the two inside guys. And if you go back to 2019, Mike Hilton and uh, their dime back, in 2019, um, I, I can't remember who was doing it. Often Devin Bush was doing it a bit. Mark Barron. Mark Barron did it a lot. They would just run out and be the outside guys. And it was a really creative way to get into cover three that a lot of people were calling an inverted cover two. The reason they were calling that was because in cover two, a linebacker, uh, Tampa two, and the Tampa two defense, the middle linebacker drops deep and almost looks like a cover three only the outside cornerbacks the outside safeties are the outside thirds and the middle linebackers in the middle and the middle linebackers a little more shallow and they're a little deeper so it's a very different there's a lot of differences 
between Tampa 2 and cover 3. But in the end, it kind of looks like you got 3 deep and 4 up. And in the Steelers one, they're dropping a slot corner from up by the linebackers back to that deep middle. Only he is the deepest guy, which is, a you know, cover 3, the middle guy is the deepest. In cover 2, Tampa, the, the deep middle is kind of up a bit. So they're calling it inverted cover two because you're dropping somebody to give cover that deep zone, but you're dropping them farther than you do in a cover two. It, it, there's all kinds of semantics getting onto there. But basically, it's just different ways of approaching the same end result, right? You want to get into this cover three look, but who moves and when they move make a difference. Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds being just standing there watching the quarterback, watching the play develop in front of them, really took away the middle of the field because people aren't dropping. It's not a linebacker dropping that's got to try and figure out what he's doing as he's trying to get to his position. Those guys are already there, ready to attack. They're ready to attack forward. They're ready to drop back. They're ready to adjust. The deep middle job, which is the deepest defender in that position, is running backwards. He's paying the least attention. He's got the least flexibility early in the play, but he's also the deepest cover guy. Right? You, it's going to take time for that route to get back there. It was very smart. And it was incredibly effective. That is you know, a Terrell Austin-Mike Tomlin addition to the cover two, Tampa two, cover three kind of you know, family of defenses. And I'm wondering if we might not see more. I think we will. Especially when you consider the influence Brian Flores might have had. You know... Obviously, he's not here anymore. But when you get coaches together and they start talking game plans and they start talking defenses and they start talking philosophies for stopping different offenses, they take from each other. They borrow from each other. They come together and come and form, you know, a cohesive defense for the game plan, for the season, for, for matchups, for different teams. But they also borrow ideology from each other for the future. It's why we have coaching trees. It's why we talk about that. It's why coaches talk about all the people who influenced them. Brian Flores could have some influence on this defense. He also, like, I just, it's very, it's very critical here to understand the amount of possible differences they could be, you know, doing to this defense. We could see a very simple. Uh, cover three kind of for this year. I don't know. But I think we're going to see Mike Tomlin and Tara Austin add something to the conversation. And I think there's going to be signs of Brian Flores' influence on this team even after he's gone. For one thing, last year we talked about Brian Flores loves playing man coverage and tight man coverage, getting up and pressing the, pressing the receivers. Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin haven't been those kind of guys. They've never really gone for those type of players. And suddenly, the Steelers are. Suddenly, they are. The addition of Keanu Neal, the three-safety room, with Keanu Neal, DeMonte Kazi, and Minka Fitzpatrick, is a very Brian Flores look. It's also a good cover three safety room. Not a good room for cover one it's not that's not a safety room you want for a cover one defense that's doing a lot of man defense where the tight end is, where the strong safety is in man defense you don't have that guy 
that's a huge weakness on this team. If you try to run a cover one man heavy defense, this team doesn't have the personnel for it. Not in the safety room. It's going to be interesting to see what we do. It really is. I'm fascinated by it. I'm looking forward to it. But the cornerback room, I really I really need people to understand that the cornerback room has changed substantially. And this cornerback room is telling us the Steelers are doing something different this year on defense. Because these cornerbacks, if they, if they try to run the same defense they've been running 2019, 2020, 2021, uh, it's not going to work with these guys. They're not built for that. You don't go out and intentionally grab guys that all have similar strengths and weaknesses and then ask them to run a defense that doesn't fit those strengths and, and weaknesses. right? That doesn't make the most of those strengths and minimize those weaknesses. And for all these cornerbacks to be similar, I think it's telegraphing. I think they're letting us know. They don't care if we know. They, they, they're not going to come out and write out and say it. But if you figure it out, it's there. It's there to see. The pattern's there to see. So that's our first half of our show. I'm going to take a break here. Um, I tried to make that simple and, and easy to follow. If not, please, please find me on Twitter, at uh, Fantaskippy. Leave a comment. Tell me, hey, you know, what the heck were you talking about? And, and I, can try and, uh, I can try and clarify more if you have things you don't understand. And I can do more shows. We can talk about this more on the cutting room floor. Uh, it's a little headier than I like to get. I normally try to keep it very simple and very, you know, accessible this show, but what the Steelers' defense looks like it's doing needs to be covered. It needs to be talked about. All right, when we get back, we're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we are going to talk individually about the cornerbacks and how I think this cornerback room is going to sort itself out. So I'll see you right after these messages. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by Steel Curtain Network and the Fans First Sports Network. Make sure you're checking out Steel Curtain Network for all your Pittsburgh Steeler podcast shows. We've got shows all week, every week. Uh, we got multiple shows a day. If you want to see live shows, YouTube, our YouTube channel, Steel Curtain Network on YouTube. Uh, they go live in the evenings, different times. Click the notification bell and you'll get a notification. If you're available, come on in. Chat in the live chat, it, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. We have a great community of Steeler fans that come in and hang out with our live shows. Also, check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. All our articles keep you up to date on everything going on with the Steelers this offseason. First half of the show, I got really into... The Steelers' defense kind of changing here and being going in a slightly different direction, similar coverages but different nuances to them than what they've done in the past. Now I want to get into the actual cornerbacks, the actual players, and where I think they stand on this team. We're going to start, when we go with cornerbacks, we're going to start with the guys that are your baseline starters, right? Because we have some rookies that we're definitely going to talk about. You know I'm going to talk about them, and, and you know, as one of the reasons you're here. We're going to start with Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace. There's the veterans in the room. 
They have both been starters in the NFL. If Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice, you know, all these other guys don't challenge them, don't push them, those are your starters. Patrick Peterson isn't the guy he was in Arizona. He's not the incredible, you know, lockdown man coverage guy he was then. He's he's much better in zone. He's very smart. Um, people people act like he's going to be a downgrade from Cameron Sutton. But what you have to realize with Patrick Peterson is we're picking up a guy who's, in my opinion, is is a better athlete still and just as smart and skilled as Joe Hayden was. 2017, 2019, 2019, when Joe Hayden had some, you know, really good seasons. 2017 made a huge difference in that secondary and had this team looking like a contender before the Ryan Shazier injury. 2019 had that incredible bounce back season after 2018 was just awful for everyone. 2019 was a great season for Joe Hayden. Like, that's, that's what I think Patrick Peterson is. That's what I think we're getting with Patrick Peterson, which to me is better than what Cameron Sutton was offering. I think it's better than what we were getting from Cameron Sutton. I think for this year, Patrick Peterson could very well be an upgrade. I also think he much fits much better uh, the role, the the group that we've brought in, he fits the, with them better than, than Cameron Sutton did. Cameron Sutton has a lot of versatility. Patrick Peterson has incredible strengths in the areas he's strong at, as we talked about in the first half of the show. Patrick Peterson was also going to be your mentor. He's going to be your number one mentor. He's going to be invaluable, indescribably valuable in the film room with these young kids. Levi Wallace was incredibly valuable for Buffalo. When they had him as their number two, obviously behind Tredavious White, he was a very, very good number two cornerback. Now, obviously, last year we didn't have a real number one cornerback. Cameron Sutton's not a real number one. Levi Wallace wasn't a real number one. None of those guys were really the number one cornerback. Well, the Steelers have that now. Patrick Peterson is your number one. Levi Wallace is going to get to play more to his strengths, in my opinion. He's also a corner who struggled early in the season, but he was also banged up. He was learning a, a new new nuances to the defense and learning to play with new players and everything. And also he had some injuries. Limited his mobility, slowed him down a bit, and then was still forced to play because there were so many players either just getting hurt or playing really badly and needed to get off the field. Uh, he played through a concussion. He, he had a concussion. He didn't play through a concussion. He played through an ankle injury. He had a concussion, missed some time. Like Levi Wallace had some struggles early in the season. When you get to the second half of his season, though, we recently, Dave Schofield and I did a vertex on this, he really played well. He played really well in the second half and was a big part of those games where the defense just shut down the other team and the Steelers won low-scoring games. Levi Wallace was a big part of that. And now, in my opinion, I think we're heading towards a defense that fits him better. And he's got a real number one over there in Patrick Peterson. Not a, you know, top of the league, you know, Daryl Revis, Revis Island type, you know, Deion Sanders, Richard Sherman, number one cornerback. He's, Patrick Peterson isn't that anymore, but he's a number one in the same way Joe Hayden 
2017 to 2019 was the number one corner. He's up for the challenge and he can handle it. I think Levi Wallace is set up to have a very good second year here in Pittsburgh. Now when you move beyond those two, we're going to go to Joey Porter Jr. and with him Corey Trice. We talked about Joey Porter Jr. uh, first half and how he fits the defense that I think is coming. The strength of Joey Porter Jr., his length, his physicality, his smarts, his ability to find the ball and play the ball, he's got a lot of Richard Sherman quality to him. And honestly, if you went back to 2013 before Richard Sherman kind of changed how people viewed big physical corners like that, I think Joey Porter Jr. would have fallen farther. They would have said this grabbiness is just going to be a death sentence in the NFL and he's not going to make it. And then someone would grab him in the third round. And he'd be a superstar. You know, he, he could, he'd be, have a chance to be a Richard Sherman. Now, he just fell out of the first round. But I think the Steelers got a great pickup with him. And I think he's going to really fit this defense that they're going to. I think he's going to be a very good cornerback. And one of the reasons I think that is, one of the things people talk about is he's like a sponge. Just absorbing as much information as he can and improving every practice. Now, obviously, that's practice. It's in shorts. That's not real football. But when you have someone who is able to very quickly take in lessons, learn from them, and put it on the field in practice, you probably have someone that when he gets on the field and learns real NFL hard knocks lessons, he's going to learn those lessons and he's going to apply them on the next place or on the next game. The same thing is being said of Corey Trice, who is just as long as Joey Porter Jr. Again, his very, very best film, in my opinion, is better than Joey Porter Jr.'s. It's just Joey Porter Jr. put out a lot of great film. Corey Trice put out some film that was better than that and a whole bunch that was not. So, Corey Trice to me is kind of a wild card, but he's... He's getting rave reviews. He's playing good. He's learning. I don't think he's going to overtake Joey Porter Jr., especially not as a rookie. But but let me let me get into what I think we could see, where I could see both Corey Trice and Joey Porter Jr. getting on the field. And now we're talking about Dime, right? We're talking about those two getting on the field together. We're talking about Dime. Probably not early in the season Dime either, but... Corey Trice and Joey Porter Jr. I think Joey Porter Jr. is going to be a guy who comes in maybe even in nickel, but definitely a dime and plays outside and let someone like Patrick Peterson slip into more of a Cameron Sutton role where you don't really know where he is. You don't really know what he's doing. And Patrick Peterson is a phenomenal playmaker. He'll make plays on the ball. He will pick off passes. He'll take them back. He's a threat to make those plays. He's also incredibly smart. When you pair that, with a Minka Fitzpatrick and the Steelers' dime defense. If they get a sack on first down, let's say they get a run stuff on first down, they get a sack on second down, even a, or an incomplete pass, and all of a sudden it's third and 13 or third and 15, and you go dime. And you've got physical cornerback play on the outside, and then you've got Patrick Peterson and Minka Fitzpatrick roaming around, and you've got to account for both of them. That's rough. That's very rough. Those two are incredibly smart. 
both still very good athletes, and they're playmakers. So I think Joey Porter Jr. coming in early on the season in dime and pushing Patrick Peterson inside is going to happen. I think we could see it in nickel against teams that are very pass happy. Uh, when when they face you know when there are three wide receivers they're very pass heavy and they don't run as much. I think you'll can see Patrick Peterson in the slot there too. Maybe even more. I don't know. We'll see how much that happens, but I think we'll definitely see it, especially against teams like the Bengals, where you just need your three best cover guys out there, and and you know deal with the run however you deal with it, but you need cover guys. Corey Trice, I think, could also get into a depth role in dime, where he can be deep, he can play up, he can play different zones. He's got some versatility there. He has played safety in the past. I think he will have the ability to play those deep zones that are for cornerbacks and safeties and kind of blend between them. He can be a deep zone guy. If he shows that, he's going to get those chances. If he can be a cover guy, he may. you may see one of these two, Joey Porter Jr. or Corey Trice, get some snaps in the slot. I would not be stunned. I would be surprised but not stunned to see it. It's a it's a possibility to get them both on the field. But I think Corey Trice by the end of the season will be seeing snaps in dime even if everyone's healthy. Beyond them you have guys like Chandon Sullivan. Chandon Sullivan is a slot corner. That's what he is. He's not a great one. He's in my opinion on par with Arthur Millette. You know, they're going to give you... So there's there's nuanced differences between them. But for the level of play they're going to give you, for the importance they are to the defense, for where they are in the depth chart, they're essentially the same player. Right? It's going to be a little different, but they're, they're going to give you roughly the same thing. He is one of the few players under six foot tall that has a real chance to make this cornerback room. The only other player on this cornerback room who's under six foot tall is Duke Dawson. If you know who that is, congratulations. <laughs> like this, this team is not going to have many guys under six foot tall in the cornerback room. The other one that I think really matters in the cornerback room is Joey Porter. Is a uh, not Joey Porter Jr. Uh, I just lost his name. James Pierre. James Pierre. I just thought James Pierre and went Joey Porter Jr. Same initials. Anyways, James Pierre. Another 6'2 cornerback. He's the same size. Like, Joey Porter Jr. is 6'2", 193 pounds. James Pierre is 6'2", 185 pounds. Like, James Pierre honestly has the same strengths and weaknesses as Joey Porter does. Joey Porter's just better. Joey Porter Jr. is just better at it. Uh, but James Pierre, I think he's going to make this team. He's a fantastic gunner. I mean, you're going to have, like, four or five guys who are, like, the same player on this team. You've got three, like, I don't know. I don't I don't see other people making this roster. I, th- I really think your top six cornerbacks are Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, Joey Porter Jr., Corey Trice, Shannon Sullivan, and James Pierre. And in that case, you've got, you know, four guys who are six foot one or taller. Let's see, Patrick Peterson, six one, James Pierre... And Joey Porter Jr. are six foot two. Corey Trice is six foot three. Levi Wallace six foot tall. 
It's going to be a significantly longer cornerback room, especially when Joey Porter Jr. takes over a starting outside job, which I think he will. I think he'll push for that, and he may even take it over this season. This is a much different room. (laughs) Much different room than last year. Much different room than two or three years ago. That's not a bad thing. This cornerback, the, the, the big thing is the Steelers are going to have to fit the defense to the strengths of their cornerbacks. They're going to have to. And I think they will. I think that's what we're seeing. I think we're, we're heading right into that. And when we talk about safeties next week, we'll talk about how the safety room also fits into this same kind of cover three, cover two defensive scheme and fits what these cornerbacks are made for. The big the big upside here, the big thing takeaway with the cornerback room is one is obviously the change in defensive philosophy that it has to come. It has to be coming. Otherwise the Steelers are dumb. You build a cornerback room to do, you know, a very specific type of defense. If you're not running that type of defense, then you're an idiot. That's it. All of them are idiots. Everyone involved in the process, all the way up to the, the owner of the team would have to be idiots to do that. So there's a defensive philosophy change coming. The second one is Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice, what we're hearing out of camp, with their learning curves, with what they're picking up, with how well they're playing. Joey Porter Jr. working out is a huge deal. He's the 32nd pick in the draft. That's a huge deal. You need him to work out, and it sounds like he's going to. But when you talk about a Corey Trice, if you get a good player from Corey Trice, even if he's like a Cameron Sutton-level dime player from 2018 and 2019, right? If he's that guy, that is a game-changer. To get that in the seventh round, when you already have a pretty good cornerback room, that kind of depth, that kind of upside for the future, that's huge. And if he actually works out well enough, and obviously we're talking in the slimmer odds now, where both Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice are good starting cornerbacks in the future. Those are the kind of things that make a draft class, that make a Super Bowl contender. You look at the Legion of Boom. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They always have some player. When they're on the top, they always have some very key, really good player who was a late-round pick, much later than they should have been. You've got James Harrison's. You've got Brett Kiesel's. You've got those guys stepping up and being players. Not just solid starters, but really positive plus players on your defense. Corey Trice Jr. and Joey Porter Jr. both working out could give the Pittsburgh Steelers exactly that heading forward. And that would be fantastic. We can hope for that. We can be more realistic in our expectations for them, but also have that hope in our back pocket that if this really does work out, this team could be something special. That's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Make sure you're checking out other podcasts here on the Steel Curtain Network. Make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Steelers news this offseason as we are heading closer and closer to training camp which means we're closer and closer to preseason, which means we're closer and closer to real football. Stay with us for that journey. Uh, Make sure you're checking out all the stuff on our networks and on our website. As always, thank you for listening. 
Have a great week, and let's go Steelers.